holy name, Jesus. We honor you today, Jesus. We speak your name over each one of us, Jesus. Your name breaks every stronghold. It shines through the darkness. Your name is life. Your name is breakthrough. Your name is healing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, the time is coming and has not come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, just to give a little background for those who were here with us last week. So this is a progression from there. Jesus made a special moment with this Samaritan woman mm -hmm. at the well. And first of all, she was so caught up in the legacy she had in that well that it was their father Jacob that gave them. And Jesus tried to pull her away from that connection by presenting to her living water. And Jesus told her that when she drinks from that well, that Jacob's well, she's going to thirst again. But the living water he provides will quench her thirst forever. And she was like, give me that living water so that I will not thirst anymore. She didn't understand what Jesus Christ was trying to offer her or what Jesus was offering her. That living water is the Holy Spirit. And scripture speaks about that wellspring of living water that floods your soul. This is the introduction that Jesus was presenting, not just to her, but to us, the power of the Holy Spirit that it satisfies and quenches every connection to whether it's foundational issues, whether it's religious um, mindsets, traditional mindsets, whatever we've gotten so attached to, whatever we're so stuck onto that becomes a form of sustenance for us. It never satisfies. It keeps taking us back. And we also read in 2 Samuel about David asking for water from the well in Bethlehem. And we tie that together because he was longing for water that he drank when he was a child. So there's that connection, that desire that needed to be satisfied that will keep coming if we keep retreating to the things in our foundation. We keep retreating to the things we feel can satisfy us. Jesus Christ placed emphasis on this gift of the Holy Spirit or this visitation of the Holy Spirit that is going to satisfy all our longing and it's living and active for us today. And as the conversation progressed, she began to say, that the Jews say you must worship at the mountain in Jerusalem. And then Jesus also came to her, introducing to her what in all of scripture, all of recorded scripture we have never heard before. That a time will come when people will not go worshiping in the mountain anymore. And he said that time is now. We are true worshipers. So, we, we have to place the emphasis on true worshipers. Because till today, people still go to that mountain to worship. Till today, people still go to structures to worship. We also talked about the connection, the addiction to a Sunday-Sunday fix where you feel that you have to get your spiritual fix from a structure in a particular location. 
And Jesus Christ is now pulling us away from that connection to a location as though God was restricted to that location. As though if we aren't in that location, we will not encounter God. He is speaking of a nature that they, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, have drawn us into our spirit beings. That God is spirit. God has made us in that same nature. So in order to worship this God, it has to be in spirit. It is not in the physical way. It is not by lifting holy hands and worshiping in all the physical ways and everybody sees that we're worshiping. It is our spirit beings worshiping God in the spirit realm. So the location is no longer... Um, Sally, can you read the verse before that one so that we, we get the whole picture of what Jesus said to her? Yes, verse 21. Yes. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Amen. So clearly, Jesus Christ was introducing a new dimension of worship. No longer all the physical things and activities and locations and making some places sacred for worship. Like, you won't even worship in all of Jerusalem? So where do you go worship? In another country? So I want us to understand what Jesus was presenting. It's not about leaving that nation and going to another physical nation or leaving that mountain to go and find another mountain or leaving that synagogue to go find another synagogue. It was about leaving all physical, sacred locations, knowing that you are not going to find God there, that you can be anywhere in the world, anywhere in your house, anywhere in your car, anywhere in any place at work, wherever it is, your spirit can Step into the spirit realm and connect with God. And this is what Jesus was speaking about. She received it. So next verse, please, Sally. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. I wanted to also um, place emphasis on where Jesus said God is spirit. And the uh -huh. worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And that the Father is seeking for such worshipers. So the Father is looking for you and I. He's seeking for those people who are not tethered to a structure, a place, a location. Those people who don't feel that they have to do something in the physical anymore. Those people who have an understanding now that they can partake of a worship that is true and lasting in the spirit realm, not in the physical realm. Now their spirits can connect with God in the spirit realm and their physical bodies will also be on earth even if they express themselves by lifting hands and all that. It is not in the physical expressions. It is something that is happening in the supernatural that will cause their physical body to express what is going on in the spirit. And God is seeking those kind of worshipers because those ones weren't found yet. And there was a question that the Lord revealed to us last week. And we began to search our hearts and 
yearned for the Lord that when he's seeking for these worshipers, that we will be found by him. That we won't be so caught up in the natural that he keeps seeking and he's not finding any. That we will be found by him. That the Father's heart will not seek anymore because he's found people who have transcended from a life of physical and um, traditional and religious forms of worship to a life of truly engaging him in the spirit's realm. Thinking location, location in the spirit and not location, location on a mountain, in a country, in a location, in a structure. Amen. Next verse, please. 27. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? That's interesting. So the conversation continued. And when the disciples, um, remember in the beginning, he sent all of them to go buy food. All of that was to make room for that one-on-one -on -one connection with the lady. But they came, when they came back, he was still having this conversation and they knew better what was happening and they wouldn't interrupt. So next verse, please. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? 28. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Yes. Yeah, so the other part that I didn't speak about, which Sally did read, was when Jesus told her to bring her husband and she said that she didn't have any husband and Jesus was like, you're right, because the fifth one you're living with is not your husband. You know, that was revelation that that was a word of knowledge that was profound to her. And so she went on to tell people. She began to invite people. And that's why we say that not only did Jesus choose this one woman to give her such a profound revelation, a mystery that is yet to be unfolded by the body of Christ. She said this mystery not to his disciples or the leaders of that day, but he chose the Samaritan woman. And we, we know the background about Samaritans and Jews. They have their thing going where they, they, they don't agree with each other, even though they are all sons of Jacob. So they're all Israelites, but they don't agree with each other. And I did tell us that the Samaritans are the descendants of Joseph. They are Manasseh and Ephraim. So they are the Israelites, but there's that thing we find it till today in all of our cultures one group of people turning against the other so that was the kind of thing going on and Jesus chose this woman that his entire culture is against them and they are against his own culture too they never merge they never do things together there's a pure separation between the two he chooses this woman to speak this profound truths to. And this woman goes on to tell others about Jesus. So we found this woman to be one of the very first evangelists. Next verse, please. They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. 
But he said to them, I have food to eat that you can know nothing about. Wow. So Jesus is fed, like, not only supernaturally, not only spiritual, but he was fed by doing the work of God. That was satisfaction to him. And when they brought this real food, nourishment for the body, he was already full because mm -hmm. his sustenance was the work of God. His sustenance was to see that he has drawn somebody's heart to God, that the father has found a true worshiper who will now separate herself from worship that is localized to worship that is in the spirit. And that alone, that transformation was satisfaction to him, was even physical nourishment to him. Next verse, please. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? Exactly. <laughs> okay, next verse. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Yes, for me, it just defines the purpose of this life, to do the Father's will. Amen. That is the blueprint that Jesus presents to us. I'm not saying anybody should not eat food, please, right? <laughs> <laughs> please eat your food. But if our sole purpose is to do the Father's will, that will be our food, then we will be satisfied by the power of the Holy Spirit. This living water will satisfy us. But if our food is to do our own will or pursue our own plans, mm -hmm. then we won't find that supernatural satisfaction. We won't be fulfilling God's will. In other words, it's like we came with a purpose, but we deserted that purpose. And so even though they are talking about physical food right here, what I see is a blueprint for each one of us that there's a higher purpose to, to our being on earth than being satisfied with things of the earth. And again, eat your food. But <laughs> know that the blueprint, the purpose for our existence is to fulfill the Father's will. Mm -hmm. This, for me, is a continuous pattern that Jesus is taking us on. It's a journey of translating us from being consumed with the things that satisfy the flesh. And like we said last week, David poured when he desired that water so much. And his three mighty men broke through the enemy's camp and brought back water for him to satisfy his longing. Because it wasn't just thirst. It was a longing. It was a connection. He poured it out. He let it go. Choosing the Lord as his satisfaction. He said, far be it from him that he would drink that water. What Jesus Christ is portraying to us here that when you operate in the spirit, you will find that there is no greater satisfaction you will have as fulfilling the will of the Father. Mm -hmm. And this is not to say to leave your careers and become you know, a preacher. Not at all. Your career path is the will of the Father. Yeah. He placed that passion in you to follow that path. And you bring light 
and God's kingdom in those situations that you face every day. So as long as you understand that this is your purpose, and it is unto the Lord, not unto yourself, then you are translating from that natural path of satisfying yourself to living for a greater purpose, a God who is in spirit, a God who you connect with in spirit, a God whose purposes you have come to fulfill. Amen. 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 I am so excited about my book, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. God is amazing. I can go on and on and think about what the Lord has done so far. But, you know, I just wanted to get on here and thank you so much for all the, <laughs> the support. And thank you for all the feedback I've been getting. Thank you for purchasing this book and buying for loved ones. Some of you bought like seven copies. Some of you bought like five copies. I am so delighted. God wants us to not only stay on the outskirts and say, hey, come, come here, come here. He wants us in his kingdom realm with him. He wants to show us heaven. When Jesus Christ tore the veil, when he died and he took us into heaven, he seated us in heavenly places with God. So right now we are in that seated position. <laughs> it is just an endless life of growing as spirit man. So I found out that when Adam and God were interacting in the beginning, it was all about a spiritual interaction. So he made you and I to have a spiritual interaction consistently. What stopped that? What took us away from that? This is all and so much more you will encounter in Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. So I want you right now, I want to encourage you, go for it, go grab your copy, please grab your copy, tell me about it, tell me what the Lord is already doing in your life, tell me what the Lord is doing in the life of the loved one you will also buy the copy for. I encourage you to give the gift of the Spirit. Mm -hmm.